Welcome to the MTB Tribe Podcast, your trail map for the world of mountain biking. And now, I'll introducing your host, Gareth Beckett. Howdy, mountain bikers. Thanks for being here, and welcome to episode 103 of the MTB Tribe Podcast. I'm here, as always, to help you find out more about mountain biking, how to get on the trails, keep you stoked, and hopefully learn a little more about mountain biking and the people involved. So thanks so much for being here and thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. In this episode, we have partnered up with MTB Trail Hub. Jamie rides and documents the best trails across Europe from beginner to expert, local forest to bucket list trips. MTB Trail Hub lives to answer questions on the trails you should be planning to ride. You can find and follow Jamie over on his very cool YouTube channel, Instagram, Facebook and his podcast, MTB Trail Hub. So please check Jamie's stuff out. You won't be disappointed. And if you're planning any trails or any rides or any holidays in the near future, check out Jamie's YouTube channel and you'll get a load of information there on the most popular European destinations for mountain biking. In this week's episode, we are chatting with Julie Cornelius about supporting women's MTB worldwide with her very, very cool company called World Ride. Now, Julie has an extensive background in the mountain bike industry. Um, she's worked part time in bike stores when she was going through university, and with that love of getting ladies out on bikes and taking guided rides at that time, she has just expanded her whole career to evolve around the MTB scene and has made really, really good connections with a lot of people and has made a lot of difference in this industry. Before starting World Ride, Julie worked with and still does work with and she's dope2.com who organise events, getting ladies involved in these weekend events from everything from mountain biking to trekking to paddle boarding to hiking. They do everything. And of course, Julie is the guide for the mountain biking section at those events. So it was through that that she actually went to Nepal to help make a movie and train and guide three local women there who were becoming mountain bike guides. It's an amazing story. Um, You certainly need to check it out and there's links in the show notes for that. So it was through that that she actually decided to start World Ride. Um, She left Nepal. She didn't want to leave it there. She wanted to get more involved. She started World Ride to get more people involved, to get people out there on trips and, and help that local community help these ladies ride, help these ladies guide and race as well. Um, so she's building a whole team out there and she is also um, expanding the business in the near, near future. Now, we also chat to Julie about ladies and mountain biking because she is so passionate about getting ladies involved in mountain biking. So we, we chat about that quite in depth and we go into everything that if you're wanting to get started or you are started and finding it difficult to get integrated into certain communities, we chat about that. It's it's a great, great episode. I really enjoyed Julie coming on the show and I think it's something we need to chat more about is about these these blockages for ladies getting involved in mountain biking um, and what we can do to help smooth that out and help get more ladies out on the trails. So it's a great chat. I'm really glad Julie came on the podcast. So all I have to do is welcome Julie to the MTB Tribe podcast. Hi Julie, welcome to the MTB Tribe podcast. How are you? Well, this morning where you're at, this evening where I'm at, how are you doing? 
I'm doing great. Yeah, thanks for having me. You're more than welcome. So you're joining us from Moab, Utah. Um, it's a bit of a mountain bike and mecca there, really, isn't it? It is, yeah. Um, it's a really fun place to ride. I'm pretty lucky to live here. <laughs> uh, did you tell, tell us how you got into it? Did you grow up in Moab? or? Um, I actually grew up in Arizona. So um, I grew up in the desert, but a little bit different desert than where I live now. And um, I've lived in Moab for about three and a half years now. Oh, okay, okay. So you're fairly local anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm definitely from this part of the world. <laughs> cool. And now we're chatting to you today about uh, World Ride that you're involved in. And um, it's mountain bike adventures that support women via mountain biking worldwide and stuff like that. So it's a really, really cool thing to chat about. Um I also want to chat to you because when I was looking a wee bit into what what you're involved in, you seem to be involved in quite a lot. Um, so I'm not really sure where to start, but we'll 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 go into your background first, maybe. Then we'll chat about World Ride. Then we'll maybe get into ladies and mountain biking and how you can give advice and some stuff like that. That sounds good. <laughs> cool. Um, so first of all, I'm always interested, especially and the girls and the ladies that come on the show. So how did you first get interested in mountain biking? What drew you towards mountain biking? Um, so I, I mean, I grew up riding bikes and I remember riding my bikes around the desert with my brother. Um, but I really got into riding bikes when I was in college and I actually first started off riding road bikes and did that for a while, but always wanted to be out on the trails. Like it, it was definitely a, I was more interested in just kind of being out in nature and um, eventually a friend uh, kind of introduced me to mountain biking and I had some, a few friends that helped kind of teach me how <laughs> I didn't mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. quite realize there was so much skill involved in mountain biking. And um, I was pretty nervous at first to, to mountain bike and uh, you know, just didn't have any skill. So Luckily, I had a, an awesome group of ladies that helped helped teach me how and kind of, um, yeah, take me out and riding and kind of be patient with me while I learned. <laughs> <laughs> and were you in Arizona at this time? I was in Arizona at the time, yeah. Okay. And what was the scene like then? Um, I mean, when I first started riding bikes and, you know, first it was on the road and then switching to mountain biking there weren't that many women involved um I was kind of one of the few um especially in the the road biking days um I think when I eventually started mountain biking there were there were more women um but it was still still a pretty male dominated sport mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and was there anything in particular like drew you to mountain biking I know you wanted to get into the the mountains and stuff but were you following any media coverage of stuff at that time or? Not really. Um, I mean, I, when I really kind of switched fully from road biking to mountain biking, I was already pretty hooked on bikes um, and pretty involved in the bike world. I was working at bike mm-hmm. shops and. Oh, really? Um, yeah. just kind of fully immersed myself into the whole bike culture. So, um, but I think I just, it just 
seemed way more fun than riding road bikes and um <laughs> it is <laughs> yeah. so uh, yeah, certainly. And you were still at college at this time when you were you working in the bike shops part time? And... Yeah, just kind of working in the bike shops and basically spending all the money I made um, in the bike shop on bikes and bike gear. So, <laughs> yeah, isn't that crazy? Like bike stores seem to be able to pull that off where they get free, you know, free staff members because they just basically end up spending all their money back in the store. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was pretty fun while I was going to college to be able to do that and kind of fund my um, my lifestyle of riding bikes. So yeah, cool. And do you mind me asking what you were studying at college? Uh, I studied nutrition. Oh wow! Okay, so, cool. Yeah, yeah. I ended up. Um, I got my bachelor's and my master's in nutrition. All right, very good. So that links nicely to the mountain bike th- thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that was kind of one of the reasons why I was interested in it. And, um, my master's, I ended up kind of focusing on sports nutrition because it was what I was interested in. And I wanted to, you know, work with, um, with mountain bikers and cyclists and just Mm -hmm. endurance athletes with nutrition. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting you worked in bike stores and I want to kind of ask you this and we'll get back into the ladies and mountain biking kind of theme a wee bit later but when you were in the bike store do you think the store employed you because you were a lady and you could talk better to the female customers coming in that's that's an interesting question um i worked in a couple different bike shops um and the first bike shop i worked in actually had a few other women working there, um, okay. which I thought was kind of interesting, especially at the time, um, that that, um, was kind of already part of that shop, but I, mm-hmm. I have worked in other bike shops that I feel like one of the reasons why I worked, why I got hired there was because I was female and I could kind of relate to other females. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah. Do you think the, the management or the ownership of the store when a female customer came in the store that they were kind of pushed in your direction? Um, yeah, I, I definitely, you know, worked with, um, you know, when females came into the shop, I, mm-hmm. I was kind of the person. And then I did help, um, with some like leading some ladies rides and hosting some, women's events at the shop so mm-hmm. yeah you know from a from a store ownership point of view it makes sense yeah you know because i am sure for somebody who's new you know male or female but probably especially female going into a bike store that's very heavily male dominated it, it can be quite a scary experience you know oh it's really intimidating yeah um yeah did you find that when you were learning yourself yeah, for sure. Yes. Um, I remember, um, going into one of the bike shops that I ended up working in the first time. I mean, it was just all males in there. Um, and it was a really intimidating experience, not knowing anything really about bikes at that point. And, um, yeah. And, you know, the, just the attitude of the guys was, 
definitely not as friendly, um, you know, toward a brand new female. So, Mm -hmm. um, which I think has changed for sure over the years. Um, you know, this was almost 15 years ago at this point. So Mm -hmm. I definitely think it's changed a lot since then, which is great. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can understand that. And, you know, it kind of has to, I think. I think the brands and the stores have to change a wee bit as, as more ladies get involved in it. Um, but it was interesting that you were taking ladies' rides and taking ride outs and stuff like that um, because that will work perfectly for the store um, and everything else. So were you happy to do that kind of thing? Uh, I was, yeah. I've, it's, I've always loved um, helping get more women into the sport. Um, and just with everything I've done over the years, one of the things I've really learned is that women really need that connection. Um, you know, whether it's to a bike brand or, um, just other women, um, I think women really kind of crave that connection to others. So I think Mm -hmm. it's a really important thing with getting more women into the sport. Yeah. Just having that connection. Yeah, for sure. It's a really interesting topic, and I want and I do want to touch on it a wee bit more in depth slightly later. But do you think mm-hmm. um, do you think the early employment you had in the bike stores kind of led you to what you're doing now with uh, World Ride? I think, uh, yeah. I mean, if not directly, but indirectly, um, I think just all of the experience I've had in bikes has kind of led me to what I'm doing. Um, just helping to get more women on bikes everywhere. Um, and particularly in countries where it's, uh, not as widely accepted. Yeah. I think, I think my, my passion for helping create like a community for women, um, definitely started then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was good that you started when you did. You, you'd seen it personally yourself, you know, the intimidation of going into stores um, and to a male kind of dominated sport, if you like. Um, yeah. So that that was very good. Um, so that's a good segue into what you're kind of doing now. So can you tell us what you're kind of doing now for a living? Um, yeah, uh, I, I do quite a few different things. Yes, you do. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> Um, yeah, I guess I like staying busy. Um, well, well, tell me this. I seen a thing on one of the sites. It was called, and your work title was, I'm probably pronouncing this wrong. It was a Rue MTB director. Yes. So that's some work that I do for a company called And She's Dope Too. Um, they're based out of, um, Ogden, Utah, and their mission is just kind of helping to get more women into the outdoors um, in every sense. So any type of outdoor activity and um, they host these big rendezvous events, which they just call the, the ruse. And I, I organize all the mountain biking for those events. So it's um, they're really, really fun. Um, It's basically 200 women more than 200 women just camping out in a different place, um, you know, in, in the, the desert in Moab and just doing all these different outdoor activities. And that's, um, that one's a particularly fun event for me because, um, you know, of the women that we get, uh, that want a mountain bike at the event, um, 
probably 80 to 90 percent of them are brand new or are very new to mountain biking so it's really fun to introduce them to the sport in a really fun and supportive environment Mm -hmm. um and most of them get hooked they're they realize how fun it is so um yeah that's a that's a fun job yeah i'm sure and tell us a wee bit about how that works so do people come along can they do different activities or what way does it work yeah so there's all sorts of different activities at these events um hiking rock climbing trail running photography art um yoga you know mountain biking is obviously one of them and um women can just kind of choose their own adventure for the weekend um you know, pick different activities that they're interested in that they maybe they haven't done before or, you know, different things they want to do and kind of fill up their weekend with all these different activities. Mm. And you have bikes there for them to use and things. We do. Yeah. We usually have a bike company that um, we partner with that comes out with demo bikes so that ladies can um, test out a, a nice mountain bike um, and be able to learn, uh, on on a nice bike yeah cool um can i ask you what's the kind of demographic of the people coming to you what's the age of of the majority of the people coming to to those events oh it's all over the board Um, really yeah it's it that's one of the fun things is that we get women that are you know in their early 20s all the way up to you know 60s um and everything in between Mm -hmm. and 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 do the young ones want to go mountain biking and the older ones want to go mountain biking as well? Is it a mixed bag? Yeah, everybody, um, everybody's kind of out there together. <laughs> You're probably the busiest person there. <laughs> it's it's so much fun. It's, um, yeah, such a fun weekend. Yeah, cool. And what's the trails like you take these people on? Um, can you just describe those a wee bit for us? Um, yeah, I mean, with because we, we do have mostly beginners. Um, we have some, um, luckily some pretty beginner friendly trails that are, that we can take people on right from camp. And usually with, you know, the beginners, we do a little mini skills clinic just to kind of give the basics Mm -hmm. of, um, mountain biking and body position and, and whatnot, um, just to get them comfortable before actually heading out on the trails. And then we go for a little ride, um, on some, some, easier trails um just to get that experience so yeah and what makes you what makes you do that is it seeing the enjoyment from the people and achieving something they they maybe thought they wouldn't be able to do um that's that's my favorite part of it yeah for sure um it's yeah it's just so fun to introduce the sport to so many women in such a short period of time and then just getting to see them so excited and having so much fun um, is, yeah, the best thing. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool. And the website, that website's uh, andshe'sdope2.com. Yep, um, yeah. Yeah. No, there's, was... an a, there's an event coming up in Moab um, in October, so okay. um, there's, there's an opportunity for one of those. Cool. So how many, um, how many times does that run throughout the year? Um, so right now there's, uh, there's two, there's one in the spring and one in the fall. I know they're, they want to add some more events throughout the year as well. All right. Yeah. Yeah. It's getting busy. Yeah. Um, yeah. now I also seen you were involved with 
a film. Um, it was maybe through, and she's dope too, I'm not sure. It was called Moshka. Is that how you Moksha. pronounce it? Moshka, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> tell, yeah. Us a, tell us a wee bit about that. That seems to be up for a lot of awards and stuff. Is that right? Yeah. And that's um, that actually is what kind of led me into uh, World Ride. Um, okay. So I, yeah, probably about four or five years ago, I kind of started working on um, a project. I had actually wanted to go and visit Nepal and um, it was um, right around the time when the, the big earthquakes happened there. And I wanted to go and do something to, to help. And um, eventually it kind of turned into this film project um, called Moksha. And um, I partnered with And She's Dope too. And we went over there, uh, went over to Nepal and basically the film tells the story of um, three women, uh, three Nepali women, and uh, their story of mountain biking and how they got into mountain biking and um, how mountain biking is growing as a sport there and kind of their um, just being women in the sport and being women in Nepal and how that uh, is um, kind of a struggle for them um, to be doing what they're doing um so yeah it's um the film turned out awesome and i think really does a really good job of telling their stories Mm -hmm. yeah and you you initially went over there with no kind of idea of doing this or did it just kind of did it just happen or was there a film crew went over with you how did it all come up come about yeah it it, we went over there um you know with the the mission of doing the film so um Mm. we we did some a lot of fundraising um, ahead of time to make the film happen, and then went over with a film crew to tell the story of these ladies. All right, and that that was funded via the the fundraising, and uh, obviously with the help of and she's dope too. Yeah, correct. All right, cool. How was that experience? Oh, it was amazing. Um, just getting to meet these ladies and just seeing what they had overcome to be out mountain biking and um and then just getting to spend some time with them in the mountains and you know just getting to know them and learning about them and then part of um part of the experience too is doing a a skills clinic um in Kathmandu with um with Lindsay Richter of Ladies All Ride and um got to just help teach all these ladies that had never mountain bikes before um Mm. and it was so much fun and just seeing um just seeing how much fun they had and um and then just how it brought all these women together was just an incredible experience yeah no i'm i'm sure it certainly was um and that was your first time out there that was my first time in nepal yeah Okay, and how many mountain bikers went out? Um, there was, let's see, there was a group of, I think, four of us that went over there, and then the film crew. Okay, so a pretty big, a pretty big outfit. Um, it, I mean, it wasn't that big, but yeah, it was, 
It's big enough. <laughs> yeah. And how how did you meet up with the girls out there that were mountain biking and stuff like that? How did was that about a research done beforehand or did you just go out yeah. for that? Yeah. Well, yeah, we had kind of connected with them ahead of time. Um and uh done a lot of back and forth through email and, and whatnot um before we, we went over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. I'm sure you were ex- excited about it, but nervous at the same time. Yeah, yeah. It, it, you know, just anything new, you don't know quite what to expect. And how long were you there for? Uh, we were there for about three weeks. Ah, so very good. Yeah, yeah. very good. Um, everything I hear from Nepal is the people are amazing, the communities are amazing, they're happy to see you. They just want to see your bikes and see, you know, um, I've watched a th- few things from there. Um, how did you find the local people there and the communities and stuff? Yeah, pretty much everything you just said is 100% true. Um, it's just some of the most amazing people. Everybody's so friendly and so happy. Um, and, yeah, so excited to see you when you roll into the their village. And, yeah, little kids come running to see all the bikes and whatnot it's it's yeah it's a pretty special place yeah i i don't think i've heard anybody have a bad word about it to be honest <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't think i've ever heard anybody say anything bad about it either no no um it's weird you know i've because i've been lucky enough to kind of surf around the world and um you're going to areas that really just have the bare minimums um they have very little housing you know, they, they, they have no money. They just live day by day and you're rolling in there with maybe a surfboard that costs five or six hundred pounds. And you sometimes can feel a wee bit, well, you know, it's the Western world type thing. How did you feel going into communities like that with expensive equipment and stuff, you know, that people there would never be able to afford? Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Um, you know, I definitely acknowledge that I live a very privileged life to be able to do that and to be able to afford all of these things. And, um, but it's also really interesting to see how happy these people are with very little. Yeah. It kind of makes you realize that you don't really need much, um, in order to be truly happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's amazing. And, I'm going to tell you a wee story. This is totally off topic, all right? But <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> let's hear it. <laughs> uh, we stayed in an island called Sumbawa in Indonesia. Mm-hmm. And we were living in grass huts on the beach. It was amazing. We were there for two months, surfing world-class waves every day, twice a day. Um, sounds was, amazing. Yeah, it was unbelievable. There was two young young guys there. Now, very, very young fellas running about and stuff. One was called Ego and one was called Shadow. And they were the nicest kids. And there was a wee kind of pop-up store, if you like, came kind of a couple of times a week, and it sold kind of boiled sweets and treats and stuff like that. And I remember giving the young fella Shadow, which in our money was probably about three or four pence. You know what I mean? It was nothing. It was nothing. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't pick it up if you seen it lying in the street. He went down to the store and bought a bag of um, boiled sweets. But the crazy thing was, he came back up to me, and there was three of us there, he came back up to me and a couple of mates, and he offered us 
to share the sweets with him. Mm -hmm. That blew me away. Because if you give a kid, they would just disappear. You know, if you give them some money, they would disappear until they ran out and come back to you here in the Western world. Yeah, yep. (laughs) The kindness just blew me away. Did you get that kind of experience in Nepal? Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, the kindness and the generosity there, I think, is amazing. And I've had that experience in other parts of the world as well. And yeah, it's 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 one of the reasons why I love to travel is just to to meet people from other places and to experience that kind of thing. And, um, you know, it definitely puts things into perspective. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So the the movie was good in Nepal. Um, you, you helped the local ladies there. How are they getting on now? Do you still stay in contact? I do. Yeah. Wow. And, wow. Um, yeah. I and you know the reason why I started World Ride was to continue to help them um, and to help continue to grow mountain biking over there. Um, okay. So you start at World Ride. Yeah. So you're the founder. Wow. Yeah. So I I, I always wanted to do something to continue to help. I didn't want to just go over there once and um, and that be it. Um, I kind of figured that when I went there, I would figure out a way to help. And it kind of became clear that, you know, the this was going to be the thing is to just help keep growing mountain biking um, for women over there. so I started World Ride, um, which is a, a nonprofit company, and um, the whole mission is to just empower women through mountain biking, um, and not only in Nepal, but um, just worldwide. And um, yeah, it's been really fun. Um, you know, one of the big things with World Ride is I organize tours. Um, so, uh, you know, to this point, it's just been trips to Nepal that people can go and, and actually meet these girls. Um, so all of the trips that I send over are guided by, uh, local women who, um, you know, since going that first time, they've become certified mountain bike guides and, um, and that's what they do for, uh, for work. And so, um, yeah, the, the world ride trips are, are really cool because, people can go and actually experience these places and get to meet these local women and see what a difference mountain biking has made for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So is is the local ladies, the ones that you met through initially doing the movie? Um, yeah. Yep. So it's the same ones that are guiding as well. Yeah. Which is just so cool. That's unreal. It's, it's really, really fun. And I, I just, I love that that's kind of, how World Ride has kind of shaped um, it, what it, how it's kind of ended up being is just an opportunity for people to go and, and actually meet these women. And, um, and then it also provides work for the women to be able to support themselves through mountain biking. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. Um, really cool. Um, tell us a wee bit about World Ride then. So how long or when did you fund that? Um, I started it, um, I guess it's been about two and a half years now, um, that I officially started it. And, um, 
yeah, I've just kind of been working to, to grow it with like in Nepal and send more trips over there and, um, you know, try to get more funding to be able to grow even more and connect with people that are doing similar things to see how we can work together. And, um, it's, it's been fun. I've been able that this, this past year I was able to buy a full suspension bike for the ladies, um, just through other donations. We've kind of have this little bike library that women can take a bike and just go out for these social rides that they do weekly. And, um, some of the girls were kind of getting to the point where they were, um, riding more technical trails and doing it on hardtails. And, <laughs> um, it seemed like, uh, a full suspension bike would help, help them progress, but also help keep them safe. So I was able to, to buy a, a full suspension bike. And one of the, the women actually used that bike to race the Nepali downhill national championships and placed third. So wow. that was, that was pretty exciting. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, because I know I know World Ride just reading up on it and things um, that you concentrate in three areas. So it's kind of like recreation, mm-hmm. careers, and racing. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, just take us through those a wee bit and explain to us. Yeah. Um, so the the ladies there they they do these kind of just weekly recreational rides, and I think that's so fun because I don't you know, not, not everybody wants to have a, um, a career in mountain biking and, um, not all of them have the aspiration to race. So I think, um, it's fun to just be able to support them, um, with the bike library and, uh, just other, other ways to just be able to go out and ride for fun. Um, cause, mm-hmm. um, it's not something that's, uh, really part of their culture to, to do those fun recreational activities. Um, so I think it's fun to see them doing that. Um, and then, you know, there are some women that have become guides and I, I think that's awesome that they, um, have made a career of mountain biking and, um, I've helped to support a few ladies, um, to be able to get their guide certification and go through some leadership training. So, um, and then on top of that, there are some, some women that, uh, that race and have traveled to some international races. Um, and so, uh, world ride has been able to help, help with that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's exciting, isn't it? And it's, it's lovely to see how something almost as simple as a, as a bike can change people's lives. Oh, for sure. It's really cool to see because it translates into other areas of their lives. Um, you know, just giving them the confidence to, to go out and do other things, you know, that they, they realize that they come overcome fears and just gain confidence through the bike. And then to be able to take that and translate into the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the, the exciting thing about it is, um, it's great to see that it's ladies getting involved and that they're building a community there just by these recreational rides. Um, are they seeing more ladies wanting to get involved in, in the bike thing? Yeah, it has been slowly growing um, over the past few years. Uh, more and more women are 
um, starting to join these just weekly recreational rides. Um, it's, it's been kind of slow growth, um, but it has been growing. Mm-hmm. Um, so how can somebody kind of get involved if they want to do one of your trips there? How do they go about that? Um, you can get in touch through the website. It's www.world-ride.com. And it, um, the website lists all the different trips um, that we do. And um, there's trips that are listed on there, but we do a lot of custom trips. So a group wants to go and do um, a trip and we'll kind of work to put it together and make it happen. Yeah, because you're doing, I'm looking at your site now and you're doing, mm-hmm. you, you've got Guatemala there as well. Um, yes. That's an amazing spot. I've had a few people on the podcast from Guatemala, so it's uh, it seems to be taken off there too. Yeah, so that Guatemala is I'm really excited about because that um, is just starting this year. So, you know, I always wanted to expand World Ride outside of Nepal and not just focus there. And so, um, yeah, I traveled to Guatemala earlier this year and kind of realized there was an opportunity to expand what I'm doing to include Guatemala and help get more women mountain biking down there. So, um, the first trip is going to be in December. Um, and I'm excited about it because part of the trip is going to be the first ever women's community ride down there. Mm. So in, in Guatemala, they do these things called travesias that are these big community rides that, um, you know, kind of help to show, showcase a different area or whatnot. And so, um, we're going to be putting on the, the first ever just women's only community ride. So hopefully we'll get a lot of local ladies out, um, for that. Yeah, that it's cool. It's really, really cool. How do the, how do the male mountain bikers take to this? Um, it's been interesting. Um, in, in Nepal there, there's definitely been kind of a split, um, that some male mountain bikers there are totally supportive of the women and some have not been. Um, so it's, it's been, it's been kind of an interesting thing to see, but, um, luckily there's enough of a strong community there that the women are just doing it anyway <laughs> and have the support of the other women to kind of keep doing it. So, um, they've kind of been pushing back and, mm. um, yeah, I know a lot of, there's a lot of support already down in Guatemala to try to get more women mountain biking there, but it's not, it's again, it's a, it's a really different culture. So mm-hmm. I think there will be some struggles for sure. Yeah. And is, is that, the- <laughs> Is that because the male guys are looking at it saying, well, that's not the right place for for the lady of the house or females shouldn't be doing that? What, what way are they looking at it? Yeah, it's definitely a lot of that, that it's just not part of the culture that women should be out doing these things, that, you know, traditionally women are staying in the house and taking care of the family and cooking and um, doing all those things. So, um it's yeah it's kind of trying to change those attitudes that it's okay for women to to be out mountain biking and um either just having fun doing it or doing it Mm -hmm. as a job so 
Yeah, it seems so weird to us here, but um, certainly things like that are bound to crop up for you. Yeah, for sure. But, yeah. you know, it's, I mean, even in Western culture, it wasn't always accepted for women to be out doing outdoor sports and recreation. So, um, yeah. you know, it's something that has changed over the years. So I think it'll just take time in these other places as well. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, there's nothing better than seeing a lady in front of you mountain biking and you can't keep up with her. That's just amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and there's plenty of them about. <laughs> yeah, I know. But even even so, there's, I mean, I know um, being out riding on the trails, there's still um, some guys that uh, that don't like that. So. <laughs> yeah, oh, well, oh, there's worse yeah. things in life, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Cool. So what can somebody expect from one of your trips then? Um, so all of the trips are um, guided by these local ladies, and they're pretty much fully supported trips. So everything's included, from accommodations to transportation, food, um, different cultural experiences, and um, yeah, pretty much. Uh, you know, you just have to get yourself there, um, and either rent a bike or bring your own, and and then everything else is is taken care of. And there is a lot of of learning about the culture and visiting different um, places that are important to the different cultures. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's just an incredible experience of getting to mountain bike in these amazing places on really awesome trails, um, but also getting to experience these really amazing cultures as well. Yeah, it's more than just a mountain bike ride. Uh, it's you yeah, get more than that. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds it sounds amazing. And no chatting from some of the guys around those areas. Um, the scenery, the trails. The trails look quite difficult, actually, to be honest, from what I've seen. They can be. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, in in Nepal, um, the trails. They vary pretty widely um, as to how you know technical they are. Um, in Nepal, you're definitely battling with the the high elevation um, mm. in the mountains, and same thing in Guatemala. I mean, there's some higher elevations, and the trails, you know, some of the trails there are um, are more challenging, and some are easier. But uh, yeah, each place is pretty unique, and I love that um, on most rides that you go on in these places you you end up in villages and interacting with the locals and getting to experience that as well which is always really fun yeah it makes it so much better i love that type of thing to be honest yeah yeah me too yeah cool um so your your company's well your company's based in world rides based in america is it but it just provides the trips in nepal and guatemala yeah yep and okay. hopefully other uh, places soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool. Um, but I'm sure you see the local communities, um, businesses and stuff there in, in, in Nepal and Guatemala, um, well, soon to be Guatemala. I'm sure you see the local communities benefiting from tourism going there via the mountain bike thing. Yes, definitely. Um, yeah, tourism is a, a pretty big thing in, in both of these places. So, um, it's one of the reasons why 
I chose to kind of focus on trips and um, organizing these trips is to help promote tourism in these places because it does benefit the the local economy and um, and it's also just a a cool way for people to to get over and see these places and experience them firsthand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and you know I've had uh, I've had quite a lot of guys on from Africa on the on the podcast. Um, mm-hmm. from East Africa and, and how it's kind of the mountain bike things bringing a lot of tourism there and it's really starting to build and grow and you know Simon Blake the, he's the director of sport out there for um, mm-hmm. mountain bike sport and stuff like that and you know I've become quite friendly with him and quite close and he was saying that you know the, what it's doing to some of the local communities is is really really cool and it's only going to get better Um and he sees a lot of people really encouraging it now and wanting to get involved. Um, do you see that as well from from your trips in Nepal? Yeah, definitely. Um, it's it's been growing um, every year, and it's it's really cool to see more and more people going there and how it's benefiting the local economy. For yeah. sure. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. Um, so, do you employ? people in america or do you employ the riders in in nepal how, how does that work um i i am trying to make everything um as much about the local communities as possible so um yeah i it's right now um worldwide is a pretty small operation so <laughs> um mm-hmm. it's mostly mostly me doing a lot of the the work uh, back here and I, I do have a little bit of help um, as, as well but um, I, I've been partnering with some people in Nepal and Guatemala that are kind of making things happen over there with the trips and also just helping um, get the ladies out riding and keeping the bikes maintained and things like that. Yeah, because it's difficult. You're not on the ground there. I suppose you're, you're based in, in Utah the majority of the time. Um, yeah yeah i'm sure i'm sure that's quite difficult uh to organize do you get out to nepal every year or how do you how do you work that um that's that's my goal i did not make it there last year and i'm trying to make it there um at some point this winter uh we'll see how things all pan out but um yeah at the same time i'm trying to make things as self-sustainable as possible Mm -hmm. there like i want the the ladies there to take leadership and run things. Um, you know, I don't, I don't want to be the outsider coming in kind of telling them how to do things or being the one that's always, um, you know, working on, uh, skills and whatnot with them. So, um, I'm working on some different things right now to, to help, um, to actually make a, like a, uh, skills instructor training happen over there so that the, mm. the ladies can learn how to actually teach skills and, and be able to grow the sport there themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds, sounds amazing. You've definitely uh, got your work cut out. You're very busy, I would say with everything that goes on with doing something like that. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of work, but I love it. So <laughs> happy days, happy days. So how, yeah. how can people, help uh, and get involved and, and help the, this cause um, for World Ride? Um, the best way is to, to go on a trip 
and to, to go to these places. Um, and I, I, you know, I have some trips, um, going out this fall to Nepal that, um, some of the, the trip participants are wanting to bring gear and donate bikes. And that's such an amazing, uh, way wow. to support. Yeah. So, um, and then on top of that, um, you know, any kind of donations are always helpful, whether mm-hmm. it's just financial or through gear. Um, and this fall, we're we're hoping to do a big kind of fundraiser through an online raffle to be able to uh, start things up in Guatemala and um, buy bikes and things like that. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'll have some more details on that soon. Cool. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, amazing. Like, do you ever find any of the brands, the big companies, do they ever get involved? Do they help you out? Yeah, I've had a lot of companies that have helped with gear donations. So donating, you know, clothing or um, or bike components or, you know, different things for mm-hmm. the the women. Um, so I've, I've done some shipments to Nepal or brought over gear myself. So it's it's been really really cool to be able to do. Yeah, that's that's amazing. And did you have to reach out to them, or did they get in contact with you? Uh, usually, it's company. I've I've reached out to different companies yeah. that yeah either I have relationships with or um, I think have products that I think would be useful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So tell us a wee bit about where else you have read the bike around the world. Then you seem to have traveled a good wee bit. Yeah, I I love traveling with my bike, um, and I, I ever since I was a kid, all I've ever wanted to do is just travel the world. So, um, I have been wow, quite a few places. Um, I've spent a decent amount of time in Asia. I've been obviously to Nepal, and also been to Thailand and Cambodia, Vietnam, and then to Indonesia. Um, I've spent. A little bit of time in South America. I was in um, Chile and Argentina. Um, I've done a little bit around Europe. Uh, actually, earlier this summer, I was in Scotland, which was really, really? fun. Very rainy and wet. <laughs> well, of course, <laughs> <Very>. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess that's what you know. That's what I was expecting in Scotland. But <laughs> yeah, um, uh, yeah. I, I'm just always looking for opportunities to travel. Yeah, cool. I'm actually friends on Instagram with a group of guys from Indonesia that bike. Um, oh yeah, the trails look amazing there. I yeah, I I mountain biked in Bali. I I had seen kind of some different things about um, how mountain biking had been developing there, and I went there a few years ago, and it was it was pretty fun. Um, they've definitely mm-hmm. been building trails and developing it. And mm-hmm. yeah, I had a blast. Yeah. Did you stay in Kuta? What was that? Did you stay in Kuta? No. In... Kuta, K-U-T? Uh, no. Uh-uh. Good. Well, that you done right by doing that. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, that would be down on the coast. So I'm sure you're not really, you wouldn't be that close to, to there. Um, oh. These guys I know are based in Jakarta just outside oh. of Jakarta. Okay. Um, so up in the mountains there. But, uh, yeah, it looks it looks amazing. Um, 
but it's hot there and it's humid. <laughs> that was, yeah, that was my experience. Um, I think I timed it wrong. I've heard that the, the time that I went was maybe not the best time. I, I was there, oh, I think it was in December. And right. um, apparently that's the really hot and humid time. So, <laughs> uh-huh. um, but you can get up into the mountains where it's a little bit nicer. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you you go to these places, you take your bike with you, and do you go there specifically to mountain bike? Is that the idea? Um, usually that's the idea, yeah. Uh, just to mountain bike as much as I can, and, and then just also to just experience the place and the people and the culture. Yeah, yeah. What bike do you ride? Um, I am lucky enough to have a couple different bikes, mm-hmm. um, but usually when I travel, I bring my Santa Cruz Bronson. That is such a popular bike in the States. I love it. It's, um, it's, it's the perfect bike for Moab. So it's, uh, you know what I ride at home, but it it also is such a great bike to travel with too. Yeah. They seem super, super popular. Yeah. It's just a good all around bike for everything. Yeah. Cool. Cool. All right. Um, Let's chat a wee bit about ladies and mountain biking then, if you don't mind. Sure. So you're obviously very passionate about getting ladies on bikes and involved in the industry and stuff like that. And I suppose that comes from your your background, really. Um, so when did you decide to make this kind of part of your full-time employment, if you like? And, and is it so important to you to to be doing this every day? Um, it's kind of evolved over the years. Um, I, I have worked some corporate jobs and, um, about four years ago, I kind of made the conscious decision to quit my corporate job. And, um, I do have a background in nutrition. So at that point I started up a business that I I actually still do. I'm doing nutrition coaching and, um, I kind of built my business to be able to, to work remotely and be able to travel mm-hmm. and mountain bike. Um, and then probably about six months after I quit my corporate job, I kind of stumbled upon um, another one of my jobs uh, that brought me to Moab and that I work for, for Rim Tours, which is a guiding company here. And um, kind of, yeah, I, I I was actually out on a ride in Arizona, where I'm from, and ran into one of the owners of Rim Tours, and he kind of offered me a job, <laughs> asked me to come work for him in Moab. So that's what brought me to Moab, and um, it's been it's been awesome, uh, you know, because now I get to to guide people in Moab and take them out and. Um, it's really fun because we do get a lot of beginners. So I get to introduce people to, to the sport that I love, uh, mm-hmm. in a place that I love. And, um, yeah, the job does allow me a lot of flexibility to be able to travel and do the other things that I do as well. So, yeah. So you're, you're totally immersed in the MTB scene now. That's for sure. Yep. A hundred percent. Um, so have you seen the number of ladies getting involved in mountain bike and grow over the last few years i have yeah it's been really fun um just in the time that i've been riding bikes to see more women out and i I 
see a lot of other people really working to get more women riding. And I, I just, I love, I love seeing that. And I love, um, just seeing it grow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And why, why do you think that is, you know, what has happened that has made this change? Can you pinpoint it to a few different things or? That's a tough one. Um, I think that there have just been a lot of really passionate women that have started different um, organizations to really kind of create that community and that um, welcoming space for for women to get out there and try it because um, mm. it is such an intimidating sport. So I think um, you know creating that that safe place and community to to just even get into it in the first place um you know there's i hear it so many times that there's from women that they you know their husband or their significant other has gotten them into the sport and Mm -hmm. um taken them out on a trail that it's probably not the best one for a beginner (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) i hear that all the time yeah, I I mean I see it all the time in Moab too. Um, uh, the 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 popular one for um for Moab is the Slick Rock Trail, which is um you know it's what put Moab on the map for mountain biking, and it is not a beginner friendly trail. Um, mm-hmm. It's a pretty challenging trail, and um it's it's my dog's favorite trail, so I take him out there to walk all the time, and I I, uh-huh. I just. I see it um, happening all the time. Just these um, these women that are just following their significant other and um, not having a good time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's not. So I actually had a guest on the show, and um, she's an amazing mountain biker now. But she got into it via her her boyfriend or now husband. But mm-hmm. he had her initially by. A downhill bike. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> and she was doing downhill trails initially. This is how wow. she started. Yeah. And uh, I was just like, "What?" And she was just like, "Yeah, I know, I know." Crazy, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and that's what I happens. It's, it's, I think it's all too common. Yeah. So it's one of the the things I love about like working with Angie's Dope too is that we get to take out women who have never mountain biked before and do it in a really fun and supportive environment um, on beginner friendly trails and teaching them the basics so that they don't have a bad experience for their first time. Yeah. Because yeah. if if you do, that's a game over. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Cool. Now you're in a real good position there to see uh, you're obviously taking guided tours and stuff like that. Um, do you do any just specific ladies ones? Um, usually with with tours, it's uh, it's not just specifically women. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's males, females, kids, anyone. Um, oh. I've done a couple of women's only things, but um, yeah, usually it's kind of everyone. But mm-hmm. uh, I do get the experience where it's the the guy that convinced his wife to come on a mountain bike tour and um 
yeah, that whole same scenario. <laughs> <laughs> so usually I'll spend some time teaching skills and <laughs> just kind of uh-huh. make it fun for everyone. So yeah, um, do you ever get do you ever get the group of lads coming out for a tour? Uh, you know, and they say you get the impression it it's the female guide. Do you ever come across anything like that? I do. Yeah. No, um, really. Oh, I'm disappointed <laughs> in that. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's usually it's like kind of right off the bat, they're a little. You can tell they're a little um, unsure of having a female guide, but then you know we start to ride and they kind of open up and mm-hmm. they end up having a good time and um, and I've had the experience too of of like um, the whole group of guys actually enjoying having the female guide because it, um, it, when guys get together and it's just a group of guys, they sometimes get competitive. (laughs) (laughs) So having a female there sometimes helps to make it less so. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've had guys appreciate that aspect. I well that. That's cool. Especially if you're burning them down the trails too. I try not to too much, but <laughs> yeah, you're not allowed just, to. Just sh- kidding, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're not allowed to show off as well, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Well, you know, it's it's disappointing that you're you're still seeing that kind of thing, um, experiencing that. But I'm sure as more females get involved, that will become less and less. Um, yeah. So let's hope that happens. I hope so. I mean, I think it's already changing. I mean, I, I've seen a shift in the time that I've been riding bikes, so I think it's just going to continue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, do you think that the brands, the big mountain bike brands, are doing enough to get ladies involved in the scene? I think certain ones are. Um, I think you, you can name drop a, if you want. Um, I mean, the. <laughs> the <laughs> The, the one of the companies that I think is really supportive of women is SRAM. Um, and Interesting. Yeah. One of my friends is kind of in charge of the women's program. And it's just really cool to see her putting together all these like tech clinics and um, just helping to teach women about the, the technical aspects of bikes. Because, again, it's an intimidating sport and just the bikes themselves are intimidating. So mm-hmm. um, I think it's really cool to see that kind of thing happening um, because, yeah, there's just so many aspects to the sport. And the more, mm-hmm. the more that women can learn and know, um, the more that I think they'll want to get out, um, you know, without the, the fear of not knowing. Mm-hmm. So I think the more that women can be educated about things, the the better. At least that's kind of the experience that I've had in um, just working with women. The more yeah. they know, the better off they are. So. Yeah, and you, you think that carries into knowing certain technical aspects about bikes and how to repair, you know, punctures and simple wee things on the trail. You think that's important for ladies to know as well? I do. Yeah. I think it's, it's one of the things that, you know, I've heard from women is that they're just nervous to go out on their own and something happens. They don't know how to fix it or, um, 
just not knowing how the bike works, like how suspension works and things like that. Um, Mm -hmm. so I think, yeah, again, like the community aspect for women is a huge thing. And then also just the, the knowledge women like to know the how and the why. Um, so I think that that education part is really key. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I can I can certainly see that. And did you find personally when you got more involved in mountain biking that you want to learn that stuff? You want to know that stuff? Yeah. Um, I mean, I want to I want to know so that I can be self sufficient out on the trail um, and just know how things work and be able to fix things if I'm out there or when I'm traveling. Yeah, because I'm sure you've you've broke a load of derailers when you've been traveling. <laughs> I think I've actually only broken one. Really? Yeah, I've been pretty lucky. Um, hopefully, I don't break any on my next trip. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Um, yeah. So, as far as kind of ladies get involved in the sport um just in general what do you think the biggest hurdle is really for for ladies to get involved in this kind of pretty much male-dominated sport that's a really good question um i think it's it's the just kind of initial hurdle of starting and having um like a community to be able to start with and to learn and, you know, to have other women to ride with. Um, mm-hmm. And that's something I see popping up everywhere and kind of changing is there's just more groups of women and, um, you know, social rides happening. And uh, yeah, I mean, even in Moab, there's um, like a women's, a weekly women's ride that's just kind of started this year and it's it's so fun and it's so cool to see and um yeah mm-hmm. a lot of new riders are coming out and this week they did a, a tech clinic um just, which was cool so yeah that's yeah. rad yeah do you have like mountain bike clubs out there um i guess there's there are some um, I feel like more more often than not, it's just kind of social groups. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And, and like organized clubs. Like no one. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I know back here, that's a big thing in Ireland. There's quite a lot of bike clubs, and you know that's a very good way for ladies to get involved, just to to go to their local club and you know get involved that way because there'll be other la- well, hopefully, other ladies there. Um, yeah. But I know yeah. Western stuff do a lot of kind of female clinics now and things like that. So you're seeing that popping up in Moab. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I coach for, uh, ladies all ride, which does women's clinics and, um, they do them all over the country. And this year wow. they're doing one in Moab for the first time, which I'm excited about. Cool. So you're, you're coaching on that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. Happy days. What's the kind of numbers are you expecting? Uh, I think they're going to have somewhere around 60 ladies for that one. Wow. And, and it, yeah, it's so cool. The ladies all ride clinics are 
they're amazing. Um, like Lindsay who runs them is amazing. And, uh, they, the clinics sell out like immediately. I mean, they, they sell out within minutes, um, which is really cool. So it's, it's obvious there's a, a desire for them. Um, women just wanting to learn. So, uh, it's, I think it's really cool to see. Mm, definitely. Um, so what do you think the future holds for ladies in MTB? Do you think it's going to get better? I think it is. Um, I think it's trending that way. Uh, I think more companies are trying to get women involved and, um, trying to appeal to women. And I think there's more and more groups that are trying to get more women out riding. So I think it's just going to continue to grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And do you think the brands have, do you think they have some say in what happens with the fashion that they produce and bikes that they produce? Do you think if certain things were a little more appealing that you would see more females out riding? That's a good question. Um, yeah, I, I think that I, I'm not sure if it's going to come down to the products necessarily mm-hmm. versus just the brands connecting with women mm-hmm. and figuring out how to do that. Um, and I think it, it's going to take like connecting firsthand and, and just like educating women about the products. And I think that will help to get, get more women out there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Be- because I know Specialized, um, they done a ladies-specific bike. Um, yeah. But I think they only done it for one, maybe two seasons, maybe. Um, but th- what they actually ended up saying was because they had to split the available money for the research and development into the men's section and then the ladies' section, that the ladies' bike wasn't being developed fast enough because they couldn't they couldn't issue enough funding to do that so they 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 then didn't produce any more ladies specific bikes now whether that's true or not i don't know but they just wanted to keep all the money into the research and development and make their bikes better for everybody um yeah do you see brands maybe going down that route and making lady specific bikes and componentry and obviously the fashion thing they'll have to but um do you see it maybe moving in that direction i kind of i i see a trend of more companies kind of moving away from women specific um mm-hmm. which i think is kind of interesting um especially bikes i i, I guess not necessarily gear but just bikes mm-hmm. specifically that yeah um you know there's there's so much variation within sizing that you know women's specific geometry is maybe not as important of a thing um yeah it may be suspension tuning um you know since women tend to be lighter than men um but yeah i kind of see more of a trend uh toward less women specific bikes Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. It's almost like the brands have tried it and it hasn't really worked. Yeah, yep. You know, and I can understand what Specialized are saying, that they want to produce a better bike for everyone, ladies and men, um, and they don't want ladies, the lady 
Microsoft's product falling short because they can't, you know, um, give any more money into developing that product. Yeah. Um, I can understand that from a point of view. Um, but yeah, it's very interesting what you say. It's maybe get the right size of frame for you and then set up your components properly. Yeah. I think that that is probably more important than, you know, having a, a different color or whatnot, <laughs> which I feel yeah. like sometimes it's, yeah, just, just making sure that the bike fits the individual, not necessarily that it's women specific. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's good advice. Sounds cool. Well, it's quite interesting. I think things are looking up and I hope it continues to be honest. It would be, it would be really good to see more ladies getting involved in it and enjoying and enjoying it. Um, because we all know how good it is. Eh? Yeah, I agree. <laughs> so tell us a wee bit about your future then. What have you planned? What trips are you planning? Um, is there anything you can let us in on? Well, I'm excited for the first world ride trip to Guatemala um, in December. So it's December 1st through the 8th. So I will be down there then. Um, other than that, I don't have any big trips planned. So um, just kind of waiting to see if I'm working on some other different places with world rides so mm-hmm. um hopefully uh i'll get to make it back to nepal i'm working on some different things there that will hopefully bring me back there and um other than that i'll just be i'm looking forward to the the fall in moab <laughs> some nice weather <laughs> to go out and ride so what's it what's the temperature like now with you um it's still pretty hot um uh, the the high temperatures are around 100 degrees Fahrenheit, Ooh. so so pretty pretty warm. But um, yeah, looking at the forecast, it's going to start cooling down hopefully. And usually it does in September. So, mm-hmm. but cool sounds amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, how can people best follow, uh, get involved, find out what World Rides all about? Um, how are they best to get in contact? Um, through the website, through you know world-ride.com, um, or emailing me, it's just Julie at world-ride.com, and um, yeah, finding out about trips or other ways to get involved. That's grand. And are you on socials? I am. Yeah. So my my personal Instagram account is probably the the best way. It's uh, Julie Bike. That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> pretty pretty simple not that creative <laughs> classic but it sum, well, sums me up so <laughs> uh, uh, well julie listen you've you're uh, you're certainly following your passions by the sounds of things um and it's great to see i, I love somebody and I, I love listening to stories of people that have taken something they loved and kind of made it their living and their lifestyle and everything else i think is is really cool and i love what you're doing for ladies and mountain biking because everything you do seems to be evolving around that one theme really yeah it 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 definitely is kind of that way one way or another yeah for sure well that's really cool it's really great to see and it's great for the industry that there's people like you involved in it and, and doing these kind of things um and getting more ladies involved because the industry I think to grow and stay healthy probably needs that. So, so, um, thumbs up, thumbs up from me anyway on that. (laughs) Well, thank you. 
you're you're more than welcome. So listen, Julie, thanks so much for coming on. It was it was great to chat to you and uh, great to get your perspective on what's happening and hear about uh, bike or sorry, world ride and everything else. It's uh, it's really cool what you're doing there. So um, good luck for the for the future, and I hope your Guatemalan trip goes well. Thank you so much. It's been really fun, and yeah, thanks for having me on. That's a wrap for episode 103, folks. Thanks so much for listening and thanks for tuning in. Julie, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. It was great to chat with you and it was great to get an insight into what you're doing in Moab, what you're doing in Nepal and also in Guatemala. It's very exciting and I wish you all the best with that. So, folks, if you want to know more about Julie and what she's up to, just go to the show notes, mtb-tribe.com. You can get all the links there. You can get links to the movie we chat about in the podcast and um, you can get all easy access to there. Now, if you want to help the show and show your support, the best way is subscribing, rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. Every one of your ratings helps us boost on Apple's algorithms and helps spread the good word about the show to more people. If you're not on Apple, you can also find us and subscribe via Stitcher, Spotify and Podbean. You can also go to the website mtb-tribe.com where you can find the complete back catalogue listen and download every show from there you can also subscribe there and get one email per week with a quick and easy link to listen to the show you can also get involved on social media of course we are at mtb tribe on instagram and facebook and please take screenshots and help share the show with friends that's the best way to get the word out there is just uh, share it and let friends know that you're listening and that you feel they should listen to there's good information in there for any kind of mountain biker. So thanks once again, folks, for listening. I do appreciate you tuning in, and I will chat to you next week for another episode of MTV Tribe Podcast. But until then, go out in the trails. I hope the weekend weather stays good for you, and stay MTB stoked. <laughs>